Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Erin. And this is Keepin' Busy. Happy Pie Day. Happy Pie Day. Did you have a happy pie day? I did have a happy pie day. Have you had any pie in your face yet? I have had pie in my face. At work, they uh, ordered some pies in during lunch. People could have some pieces of pie. So I had a small piece of pumpkin and a small piece of cherry. Ooh. Have you had any pie? I have. I have had my own pie. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you work places where people actually care about things that happen in the world. <laughs> like pie day? <laughs> like, like pie day. I mean, they celebrate things. Like, nowhere yeah. I ever worked ever cared that anything was going on. They're like, what? I don't know. I'm working on a project. <laughs> it's like, okay, you guys are lame. <laughs> well, I did recommend that they do pie day. So yeah. I'm taking full credit. Yeah, but you also have like workplace costume parties and stuff. I've never yes, worked anywhere true. like that. <laughs> yes. We do have fun. <laughs> so what we made was... Banoffee pie. The pie that you never knew that you were missing. Banoffee pie At least for, for pie day. So banoffee pie started in England and it's very popular. The internet tells me it's very popular there in Ireland, that whole region. I also read that it's popular in New Zealand. It's a good pie. It should be popular everywhere. It's a graham cracker crust and then a layer of toffee. We'll talk about the consistency of that. And then a layer of bananas or some, I did see some recipes where it's... Bananas on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, the layers are changed up a bit from recipe mm -hmm. to recipe. And then whipped cream on top. There you go. Those are your, your main ingredients in whatever layers you want. Graham cracker, toffee, banana, whipped cream. I have to say about whipped cream, by the way, as an aside, mm -hmm. sometimes I have heavy whipping cream in my refrigerator and I'm too lazy to whip the cream. Okay. <laughs> And so then eventually it goes bad and I throw out, you know, like a small thing of whipped cream and I feel very, very guilty about it. But then when I do actually whip the cream and I taste it, I wonder to myself, when I do have whipped cream in my fridge, why I'm not eating a massive amount of whipped cream <laughs> every day because it is so stinking good. It's really good. <laughs> it's Just so good. piles of whipped cream. Yes. I think I should have a whipped cream regimen for like, you know, there needs to be a part of my day where I just sit down with a bowl of whipped cream. <laughs> this this yeah. past weekend, I'm not going to lie, I served my kids <laughs> whipped cream, berries, and cereal on top. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> I was like, here's breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> like, And you, when you make the whipped cream yourself, you can control how much sugar is in it. Yes. And so like, yes. is the whipped cream, the, the fat content in the heavy whipping cream is not that much more than milk if you, that you're going to pour into your cereal. No, and then when you whip it, I mean, it's less dense. So, I mean, <laughs> right. if you have a full cup of whipped cream after it's been whipped, it's mm -hmm. actually less than milk, probably. Probably. Than this, the same volume of milk. Right. But back to the pie. <laughs> what recipe did you use? Well, I used a classic banoffee pie recipe from Carnation, actually. I also used that recipe, and I was really? going to um, put a jab out at you because it is so popular in, you know, England and 
places that have digestive biscuits and that actually calls for digestive biscuits <laughs> in the crust. Which, true. strangely enough, I normally have and am right now out of. Ah, so and did you go with graham cracker? I did go with graham cracker, but before I settled on graham cracker, I did go to my grocery store and ask if they had McVitie's and they looked at me like I was crazy pants. Do we have what? McVitie's digestive biscuits, I said, as if he knew what I was talking about. And he said, check over by the Metamucil. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's you what clearly... it sounds like if you're not familiar with digestive biscuits. You're like, oh, you have number two problems. Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if you've ever watched a British show of any sort and you see them carrying in a tray of of what looks like cookies with their tea mm-hmm. those are digestive biscuits yeah yeah biscuits are cookies and, <laughs> um, yeah i mean they're pretty similar to graham crackers in in texture yeah i think it probably came out pretty pretty similar anyway so in this recipe i got real lazy and i bought my graham cracker crust i'm sorry oh did you no that was a good call because mine completely fell apart i didn't buy you know they also have the pre-crushed graham crackers so that you can easily make crusts Uh i did not do that either i just had graham crackers in my cabinet because i'm a s'mores person and i need to be prepared at all times um so i crushed up my own graham crackers and despite being pretty diligent about crushing them i don't think they were fine enough so it fell apart a little yeah, that's my problem with making graham cracker crust. Is that they're very easy to make. You just smush up some graham crackers, put a little sugar, maybe some cinnamon, and melt some butter in there and make a crust out of it. But I never, I never get it fine enough, and it's like chunky and it falls apart. Yeah, and aren't they usually um, blind baked a little bit? Yeah, I think so. Toast it up a bit. So for this recipe, it is not cooked. It is actually chilled just to set the butter, which I thought was extra impressive because at the end of this particular recipe, they do use a springform pan and take it completely unmolded. Mm-hmm. You're just like, whoa, freestanding graham cracker crust that's only <laughs> been in the refrigerator. That would not work for mine. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I would have to have some kind of magic involved. Yeah. So that's the crust is the the graham crackers and butter and that's it. Um, mm-hmm. And for the first layer of this pie, the the toffee slash caramel layer, is just butter, dark brown sugar, and carnation condensed milk. Right. Oh shoot! You're kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got sweetened condensed milk. Oh, oh my! Oh my gosh! I have me to. Me too. I have to go downstairs and check now because I don't know. Can you hold on a second? Yeah. Oops. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I did. (laughs) I also just noticed that when you pointed it out. I also used sweetened condensed milk. Did you? (laughs) I didn't even know they made a non-sweetened. I've used regular condensed milk in fudge before, but something just like told me to pick up the sweetened condensed milk. I don't know. I saw some recipes for... <laughs> we both did that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw some recipes for banafi where um, they take, I'm pretty sure it's sweetened condensed milk, 
You keep it in the can. And yeah, then, and you yeah. basically you cook it and make dolce de leche, basically. Yeah. I've done that once before, and it was delicious, but it's also terrifying because you have this thing in... You have uh, no idea what's going on. It's just in your oven forever. It's just sitting there for hours, and like I, I'm afraid that it's going to like pressurize and explode. Yeah, I've read that that does happen sometimes. Right. I, I hear the horror stories, and that's terrifying. So I did like that this recipe had you empty the can and cook it. And I guess maybe if you'd used a sweetened condensed milk, you wouldn't add the sugar I or think, as much. I, I think the trick is if you're using sweetened condensed milk to make dolce de leche, the reason you keep it covered is you want to keep the same volume but slowly caramelize the sugars in the milk mm-hmm. without changing anything else in there. Right. You need to surround it with water. So it's always, it's kind of like the boiling water is cooking it, but you don't want to get any water in it. Mm. So that's why you keep it in the can. Or I saw some where they pour it into a pan, put tin foil over the pan, and then put that pan in another pan that's filled with water. It's very elaborate. Yeah. But for this one, you're you're actually supposed to use condensed milk that hasn't been sweetened. Mm -hmm. I'm curious as to how that would have changed. (laughs) Me too. And for the top, topping is uh, bananas and whipped cream. And this one says to dust it with cocoa powder. Yep. So how did yours come out? Pretty good. I love the flavors. The toffee and banana are just really tasty. Um, when I was making the, the toffee layer and, and, you know, you bring the sugar, condensed milk and butter to a boil and it says for about a minute stirring all the time for a thick golden caramel. I kept waiting for it to darken in color. Mm. I, was, I was waiting for, I mean, it was already a, a light caramel color, but I thought that it was going to get darker. So I definitely cooked it too long. And the layer in the pie is almost to a sarf, soft caramel point, where it's just I, a little yes. too. I did the too. same thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> you can, it's very easily chewable. Yes. Um, but it's not very easily forkable. <laughs> no, and like cutting into it the first time was really tough. Yeah, I had the same thing. I was just going to say, it's delicious, but then when you have such a soft topping like the whipped cream and then this thick caramel on the bottom, it yeah, it just makes it a little tough to kind of cut into and get the right proportions that you want for those for each bite. Yeah, I... Uh... I did have a little problem with my toffee as well. I have to say, using the sweetened condensed milk and the butter and brown sugar, I was concerned that it would taste like sweetened condensed milk. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really did taste very caramelly, like a really good chewy caramel. And it was super easy to make. I did not, however, have a, you know, nonstick sauce pot like they say that, that you should use. And as soon as it started bubbling, the bottom started burning on my pan. (laughs) Oh, no. So I found instead of allowing it to kind of get to a rolling boil like you would with candy making, I actually had to continuously whisk it quite fast to keep it from sticking and burning at the bottom of my pan. Mm. So there's a tip if you don't have a nonstick pan. I also, I guess I should mention, I did one of my substitutions 
because I had just used the last of my brown sugar and I didn't realize it. And so when I went to make this, I uh, substituted with just white sugar and molasses to make brown sugar. That's not really a substitute, though. That's kind of like a real, actual thing, since that's what brown sugar is. Right. There's a there's a tip if you don't have brown sugar, you can still make this, assuming you have molasses. Um, I I agree with you as far as I wish I had cooked it a little less so that it was a little softer caramel, but also, and maybe this is where the sweetened condensed milk problem comes in, is it's just very, 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 very sweet all of it together. Mm-hmm. I used a, a very ripe banana and then you have the caramel at the bottom and it's, did you use an eight inch pan? Uh, yes. Yeah. So I, I also used an eight inch pan cause it says so, but it's a very thick layer of caramel. And if you think about eating all of that sugar and butter, <laughs> you think to yourself, that literally is a slab of caramel. Yeah. And would you ever eat that much? No, no, it wasn't in a pie, no. No, no, but it's in a pie, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so maybe the unsweetened would have helped, but you're right, it was very sweet. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe if I were to make this again, you know, really pay attention <laughs> to what it says in the recipe, mm-hmm. um, cook it a little less time and, and use the non-sweetened milk because it is kind of like a sugar bomb having that much caramel in a piece of pie. Mm-hmm. Now for the bananas, uh, it has you slice the bananas, you put a layer of half of them, and then you fold the other half into the whipped cream. Oh, I didn't read that part either. <laughs> oh, I smushed my bananas into a paste. That was really fun. I put them in a Ziploc baggie, and I closed the baggie, and I just smushed them up. That sounds satisfying. It was. And then I whipped them into the cream um, to get more banana flavor everywhere. And then the last thing that I changed was because of our experience recently with the angel food cake and pink clouds, um, where my whipped cream got really weepy and oh, you so, turned you back to cream. kept it on the side. What? You kept it on the side? No, I looked up a stabilized whipped cream recipe. Oh, I almost did that with the gelatin. Yeah. I which I've never done that. before. But it was I'll just let people out there know. You just do this has a teaspoon of unflavored gelatin, four teaspoons of cold water. You let that bloom, you melt it, and then you just put it into your whipped cream and your whipped cream will hold its shape. So that's really good for pies. Yeah, it's super cool. I almost did that. But I did it after I had already poured the, the whipping cream into the bowl. And my daughter was standing there going, me do, me do, me do. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, wait, stabilize whipped cream. And it was too late. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> so I just got your picture of the pie. Yeah, I sent you two pictures. One showing a slice of the pie and the other showing how the whipped cream comes right off the caramel and the caramel kind of... <laughs> You can see how stiff it is because I have fork marks in it. Yeah, mine looks about that same stiffness. And don't pay any attention to the little black speckles, which is where my caramel burned when I first started cooking it. (laughs) No, yours looks really good. I just, I'm attempting to send you, oops, it's not working because I'm not connected to Wi-Fi. Uh, I'm sending (laughs) you um, 
my picture. Yours is prettier. Oh, and instead of using cocoa on the top, I used actual chocolate. What's that called? What are those things? Shavings? Shavings. Chocolate shavings. <laughs> I I have a um, tin of hot chocolate mix, which is actually just shaved chocolate that you melt into milk. And so I just, whenever I want to put chocolate shavings on something, I just grab a handful of my hot chocolate shavings. Ooh. So mine just looks droopier in general. I don't know why. Well, your crust is a lot thinner. It's true. That's the problem with the store-bought ones. Is that it's just a small pie crust and not like built up kind of like a full cheesecake crust. Yeah. And with graham cracker crust, it's so tasty. I wouldn't mind more of it. I'm just too lazy to do it. Now, did you uh, treat your banana slices at all? Like so they wouldn't brown? No, I didn't. I found when you make like a big banana cream pie or something like that, because uh, as long as you get the filling stuff sandwiched around the bananas pretty well, they don't oxidize as much mm-hmm. because they're not in contact with so much oxygen. Yeah. And you can see the, the layer of banana in my pie Yeah, um, didn't turn too brown, but the chunks in the whipped cream are kind of gross looking. Yeah. They started to brown up, which I guess is a downside. Yeah, that is. But, I mean, you when you eat it, you don't really taste oxidized banana, do you? No. No. Probably just... It's just, you don't lumps. want weird little brown lumps in Well, and pie. I've got weird little black spots in my caramel, so there's <laughs> trades off, trade-offs. Mm-hmm. I, this was a really good pie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I would make this again. I think it came together nicely, but honestly, I probably would not make it again despite how easy it is, simply because it's so very sweet, uh, and Mm -hmm. I don't know, my family just doesn't eat a lot of pie, so I feel like I'm going to get stuck eating this whole batch of caramel (laughs) in in a buttered pie crust. (laughs) So it's like, you know, two sticks of butter, and I only used one banana, honestly, what? I used well, three. I you used three. I sliced up one banana and made the layer. I didn't realize that the other banana was supposed to be folded into the whipped cream. So I was just like, oh, I covered the entire layer of caramel. That's all I need. <laughs> so. I did two banana slices. Well, two bananas in the slice layer. And then I smushed up a third for the whipped cream. I really wanted to make sure that the banana came through. And I was worried that it would be overpowered by the caramel. Maybe yeah. it's overkill, but that's what I did. Yeah, I probably could have used a second banana. I don't know about three. So if you do want to make this pie and you are not feeling very, um, dang it, what's the opposite of lazy? If you're not um, feeling adventurous. <laughs> sure. So you you can buy graham cracker pie crust. You can buy cans of dulce, dulce de leche sauce Yeah. so you don't have to make it. And then you just need bananas and whipped cream, which you can buy whipped cream. I will say, final as like a final note, even though I may not make this specific pie again, have you ever had Millionaire's Shortbread? No. This is also something that's kind of popular in like the British Isles. I feel like some people call it Scottish Shortbread. I've seen Millionaire's Shortbread, but it's a layer of shortbread with a layer of caramelly toffee thing that's very similar to this and then a layer of chocolate i have had terrible terrible luck making the chewy toffee layer for these uh shortbread cookies 
So I do think that if I were to make those ever again, that I would use these instructions for the caramel because it's got that really nice toothsome chewiness without being too hard or too liquidy. It was a good caramel. Yes. I could see this doing well on on a cookie, kind of like, what is the Girl Scout cookie? Oh, no, that's peanut butter. Never mind. Forget I said anything. Are you thinking of the the peanut butter ones? It's it's like a shortbread. And then... <laughs> you just said peanut butter. And I said, are you thinking of the peanut butter ones? I'm, yes, on, I am. I'm on point today. <laughs> it's, it's like a shortbread cookie with a divot in the middle. Yes. And then they and put peanut butter chocolate. and they cover the whole thing in chocolate. Yeah. Like that, but with toffee. They're the ones that aren't dosy doughs. Yes. <laughs> They're like grasshopper cookies, but with peanut butter. Yes. And not sure. chocolate. Yeah. Wait, not mint. And and not chocolate cookie. <laughs> They're like something. This analogy but is completely just different. <laughs> They're like a thing I saw once. If everything about that thing is different, <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. Awesome. Okay, so that was Panafi pie. <laughs> I need to know what they're called now. It's gonna kill me. It's not. Oh, a tag along. Yes, there you go. Tag alongs. Yes. So, what else were you up to? Oh God, just trying to keep from d- dying. It's been <laughs> there's been so much snow lately, and there's mm-hmm. been so many snow days lately. I just feel like my brain is so completely fried. <laughs> yeah, we should say that we are in the greater Boston area. And um, in the last three weeks, we have had, is, is this, am I getting this right? Each week, we had a big old snowstorm dropping maybe a foot or more of snow. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. And it's supposed to happen again next week. Did you hear I that? I saw that, Yes. It's supposed to be like 8 to 12 or 14 or something absurd (laughs) like that. (laughs) Oh, good times. Yeah, just when I thought I was totally, you know, doing the thing where you're looking at the seeds in the store saying, I should have a garden this year. (laughs) And looking for my crocuses to come up in the front yard. And then, oh, wait a second, we're under three feet of snow. Yeah, I had tulips that were popping up. Not anymore. Uh, (laughs) They are dead. (laughs) Those probably aren't coming back. Nope. Do you see what I sent you? I do see what you sent me, uh, which is the millionaire shortbread. And you know what? We were doing some spring cleaning and I found my old shortbread pan thing. Someday I should make some shortbread again. That's such a good idea. I do love shortbread. Who doesn't love shortbread? Weirdos. Only weirdos. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so I haven't really been doing much of anything. I've been learning how to play the Pokemon trading card game. (laughs) Okay. I printed out uh, some Legos or some, no, some Lego compatible bricks with my 3D printer. I didn't make anything for St. Patrick's Day yet, and I don't know if I will. That's acceptable. But I have been looking towards... Easter Mm. because I want to just decorate my house with flowers and pretend that sometime the snow is going to melt and (laughs) the the leaves are going to come back to the trees. (laughs) Maybe. We have bunnies around where we are. They're like when I drive home and they always run out of my way. Oh. Like into my driveway. They're always in the driveway. Yeah. 
doing silly. bunny stuff. Doing bunny stuff. They're very cute bunnies, except for when they're making more bunnies, and that's gross. You're like, ah, get out of here. Go find a room. But, but it does make me think of Easter and spring. How lovely. It is lovely. We used to have bunnies, but I think all oh, the coyotes might have scared them into hiding. You know, it used to be that we would go out into the backyard and walk through the backyard and a bunny would just go, you know, flying out from a bush and be like, oh, get out of here. And we'd see them like chewing on the clover and the grass when we weren't outside, just looking out the window. And now it just seems like I think they're still around. They're just better at hiding now. You hope? I hope. I hope they <laughs> all get eaten. So do you have anything particular in mind that you're going to do for Easter? Or are you just starting to ruminate on um, the idea? I did make a uh, package of break and bake sugar cookies today that had bunny faces on them, but I don't think that counts. That counts. I don't know. I kind of want to find something uh, springy to knit or crochet, Mm -hmm. kind of like a table runner or something. I was thinking about getting maybe some cotton thread instead of yarn and doing maybe some kind of table runner, but I don't know if I can find anything that doesn't look yeah, homemade stuff is nice, but sometimes <laughs> when it's like home decor, you look at it and you're like, wow, yeah, it looks like my child made that for me and not in a good way. <laughs> or it's like an, an, an heirloom that somebody's great grandmother made. No, I'm okay with that, really. It's just the whole like, oh, this is this was like a, a bad home ec project and somehow I have it out of my house. It's like something you would use apologetically. Is like, oh gosh, I have to put this out. I'm sorry, company, but my kid is really proud of it. <laughs> well, that's that's how I feel about like doilies. Like, yeah, well, I mean, I got like a pile of doilies from great grandmothers that I never met, and I can't throw them out. But they just like what do make you do everything. With them? Yeah, they make everything look so old, and like a lot of them are kind of yellowed and. Have you ever thought about starching them and doing things like making, uh, you know, you could starch them and make Easter eggs? I have not thought about that. Or starch them and make candy dishes. Ooh, and then I can put hard candies in them and it'll be really grandma-like. Super (laughs) (laughs) grandma-like. Make sure you get like the glass candies that look like they have little flowers on the insides. And they're all unwrapped in the bowl. Yes. So that when you stick your hand in, the whole thing comes away. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't want that many candies. <laughs> yes, I can look into that. But, I, I mean, I think that's one problem with knit and crochet handicrafts. I find it increasingly difficult to find something that is at my skill level, but also looks well-made enough to be worth making. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to the store and buy a, a knit scarf or a knit hat, and they look well made. But for some reason, most of the patterns that are floating around for people to actually use are, you know, they look goofy. Even the hat that I made for my son looks goofy. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh, do you have a picture? You never sent me one. I never sent you a picture of his hat? No, I don't think oh. so. It's on my Ravelry. I also made a matching scarf. Oh, and right. I am working on a matching pair of mittens. Ooh. Which I am doing just like off the cuff without a pattern. We'll see how bad they come out. <laughs> that is pretty ballsy. Yeah, right? 
Can I say that? Yes, you can. This, we can say whatever we want. This is our podcast. If people don't like it, they can shove off. Yeah, but I think I bleeped out bad words before. I just don't know if ballsy is a bad word. Oh, uh, I don't think so. Okay. It doesn't, uh, not a bad word. Good. I'm going to send you a picture with my actual children in it, so you can't use it anywhere else. Okay. I will. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Why that am is... I laughing, Erin? <laughs> well, when when the picture was like a thumbnail, your daughter peeking out behind <laughs> was like, it looked like a little like ring girl, like appearing in the photo. But now that I click on the photo and I can see, I see that that is not the terrifying thing that I thought was happening. Are you sure? Because now that I have it big, that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> It is uh, looks like a nice, soft, poofy hat. It is, but it is poofy. You know what? I have this issue. You're going to have to do so much editing because I'm rambling like an idiot tonight. I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, I have this issue where between the weight of my yarn and the stitches that I'm using and the gauge that, you know, whatever needles I'm on, it all just ends up really fat and weird. <laughs> Like that hat. You know, I have sweaters where, you know, the cuffs are a one-by-one rib. And if I knit a one-by-one rib or even crocheted a one-by-one rib, it crunches itself up so much that it just looks like a regular knit or crocheted fabric. Do you know what I mean? So you can't see the rib, you mean? You can't see the rib because it kind of closes in on itself. Oh. And it's not until you stick something in it and stretch it out that you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I see what's going on There's here. There's detail here, yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks warm and nice. Yeah. It's also just, like, makes his head look gigantic, but that's okay. <laughs> do you ever crochet? Oh, you do crochet um, wearables. Yeah, I haven't in a while. I did the, the bunny hat for the baby. That came out so good. I can't wait to see that. I'm excited a, to put it. On an actual tiny person. <laughs> I'm excited to see if it fits. It won't for a while. Yeah, it will eventually. It will eventually. I, right. I hope it doesn't fit because right because you're gonna head. Have to get a C-section if that head fits right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> no one. No one with a head that big can come out. No. Let's hope not. Okay. Fingers crossed. Have you ever endeavored to make a sweater? No. God no. I, well, no. I did. I made a. It wasn't a full sweater. Well, it. It was like a, like it had sleeves and it was like a sweater, but like a button up, not a closed front. It's like a sweater jacket thing. Okay. So like a cardigan? Yeah. And uh, it was not just like human proportions at the end. It was not human. <laughs> well, it was like one of the sleeves was a little bit longer than the other. And like the shoulders didn't hit it where people's shoulders are, you know? <laughs> And it took so long. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. Have you made clothes? Yes. They usually come out the correct proportions, just the wrong size in general. <laughs> I've made socks that are either too big or too small, slippers that are either too big or too small. I knit myself a sweater, um, and it's not terrible. And I actually uh, changed the pattern a little to customize the sleeves so that they were tailored, which I was very impressed with myself. Ooh. But all in all, it's just too short, and it would just be better on somebody who was shorter. 
I did a sweater for my husband on a knitting machine. Oh. And that was also too small, so it's now mine. (laughs) (laughs) But it's mine in a way where you go shopping and you get like a boyfriend sweater, you know, where you're like you purposely buy a sweater that looks like a sack on you. So you can Uh be like, oh, I'm totally borrowing this from my boyfriend. So that's how the sweater (laughs) looks. He's just at the bathroom. He'll be back any minute. Right, exactly. Lovely. So I have made wearable things, but they almost never fit the person they're made for. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It is. And even, I mean, in the past, I'm like, gauge? What's gauge? Who cares? I've got the right needles and I've got the right yarn. Let's go. Right. But I mean, like I've finally figured out it's kind of important. Yeah. But then if you're making a whole sweater, that's going to take like weeks. Yeah. And I was supposed to have a consistent gauge the whole time. Ugh, That's never going to happen. You're right. Fooling yourself. And to be fair, like crocheting, frankly, I find easier. But a lot of crochet clothing patterns like doilies <laughs> look like they belong in some grandma's house. Yeah. And you're like, why would I want to, you know, make that? Because I certainly don't want to wear it. (laughs) We should probably talk about what we're going to do next time. What are we going to do next time? I forget. (laughs) Oh, right. We decided on something simple because you are about to explode with baby. And we're not quite sure when she's going (laughs) to rock it out of your body. I am due in just over two weeks, um, which... Which would be when our episode went up. <laughs> right. So we will see what happens. For the time being, we are planning on something simple, but also satisfying and delicious if done right, which is Thai coconut sticky rice. With mango. With mango. So I don't know if anybody listening uh, has ever been to a Thai restaurant, but more often than not, on the dessert menu... You can get sticky rice with mango, and it is usually served. The rice is warm, and it just looks like a lump of rice mostly until you dig your fork into it and realize it is creamy with sweetened coconut milk. Mm-hmm. And um, they usually serve a perfectly ripe mango on the side. And the combination, while simple, uh, is just really super delicious. Yeah. I think this is a good one for spring, too, because it's got, like, the fruity flavors, but it's, it's, um, it's Still refreshing. kind of warming and yeah. warming and refreshing at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just the simplicity of the flavors and letting the coconut and the mango kind of speak for themselves. It's a good way to put it. I don't it like talking for mangoes. No. Like, you, mango, joke. you do your own talking. <laughs> this is a dumb joke, and I loved it. <laughs> what i said that was a dumb joke and i loved it (laughs) yeah we're gonna make some thai sweet sticky rice with mango and hopefully uh we will both be um around the next episode (laughs) uh we haven't entirely figured out what um what we're gonna do what the when format will the be baby. for the next couple of months while Erin right. is getting used to having a tiny person in her home. Uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe we'll crochet something on the side separately. Because I could 
that's something that I feel like I could do with a newborn is just like while I'm sitting there. Rock in a rocking chair and just simultaneously push the little bassinet while you're crocheting. Right. You're just going to get all your feet into it. I could do that. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So next time. Next Thai time. Thai coconut sticky rice with mango. With mango. Don't forget the mango. That's pretty important. Yeah. It'd be a little boring without it. It would. So if you have a uh, recipe that you would like to share or if you tried the banoffee pie and you want to let us know how it came out, you can email us keepingbusypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Keeping Busy Podcast. We'll put pictures up of our pies and links to the recipe. When we both did the same recipe, so that's cool. I know. And we didn't even mean to. Go team. Yay. I mean, it is the first link if you look up an offie pie. Mm-hmm. So. And we both screwed it up in the same way. <laughs> it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Go team. How perfect. All right, so that's it for us. Until next time. We'll be, we'll be keeping busy. Keep busy. You keep busy too. Do it. Over now. <laughs>